Welcome to the second half of Romeo and Juliet. Angie is still here continuing to drop her wisdom bombs and share her amazing story about meeting her partner, Paul. So we'll just jump right back into it. So I've always been like, I never said things like, I'm going to love you forever or love of my life or those kinds of things because I didn't believe in that shit right? Love's going to come and go just like everything else. I'm a free spirit. You're a free spirit. Let's do this as long as it's fun. And then we'll go our separate ways. But at the age of 41, I think I was when we met 41, 42, that all changed. And we were both just like, no, this is it. Like, let's just do this forever and ever and ever until we don't want to do it anymore. And yeah, it's been that way ever since. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard the full story before. That's so wild. <laughs> it's it's so wild. Yeah, I love it. And I don't know if you listened to episode three yet, but we did talk about how in going off the apps, we want to both focus on building community more as a way to just meet cool people. And perhaps that would lead to something romantic and perhaps not. Uh, so I yeah. feel like you're proving that the system works. <laughs> Definitely. Right, I think because, we were wiser than we thought. <laughs> right, because good people collect good people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think as well, if you go into it without, like when you're on the apps, you have all these expectations of the kind of person you want to meet and the kind of relationship that you're looking for, where if you just meet people a bit more organically, it has time to grow out of the connection that's there rather than the expectations that you have. Right. On the apps, you're already putting it in this container of, I'm looking for someone to fill this spot. Mm. I wasn't looking for that person at all. <laughs> happily single, living my best life with all sorts of, all sorts of humans all over the world. <laughs> um, and then four days later. And four days later, forget it. Right. Just... Yeah, so we spent the rest. So he stayed with me. We traveled around Portugal together. We went back to Lisbon together. He stayed for um, nine days. It was over a week. So I think it was like nine or 10 days. And then he was scheduled to go back to London. I, before he even entered the, the, <laughs> the picture of Facebook Messenger, <laughs> I had already scheduled my flight back through London because I had friends in London so I'd scheduled I think a two or three week layover in London so he rescheduled his flight we flew back on the same flight to London mm -hmm. the next day he had already planned to go spend the weekend with his mom and sister and brother-in-law <laughs> and he was like do you want to come <laughs> so in week right in week two I go mm -hmm. to spend a weekend with the family Oh my God. <laughs> um, I then <laughs> stayed with him in London for the next couple of weeks. And then I flew back to the US. And I think two days later, he bought a plane ticket to come to the US a month later. But yeah, that's when we kind of got into this rhythm of how we were going to create and shape this relationship. And that was almost two and a half years ago. Wow, so that kind of ties into our next question. If we want to time travel now to the present, your relationship, I mean, started in an unconventional way and it is still looks pretty unconventional right now. So can you describe to us a little bit what your relationship is like now and maybe the process that led to that, kind of what conversations did you guys have? Mm. 
So the way that looks today is over the last two and a half years, we've spent different periods of time apart and together based on his work. So like I said, he's an actor. So he in some ways has flexibility like a nomad, but only when he's not working. So if he's not working, great. He can be anywhere, do anything. But when he is working, that's really tied to a, a particular location because he's mostly mostly a stage <clears throat> actor. But then, you know, for example, he got a job in Croatia last summer. So I went and lived in Croatia with him for a couple of months. So there are those kind of logistical things that kind of shape when we're together and when we're not. And then, of course, visas and all that world of um, navigating when you can be places and for how long. So we've just been taking it one one chapter at a time of times when we get to be together, times when we're apart. And that's kind of the way it's it's worked out. So now we're in a together a together moment. In lockdown. In lockdown, <laughs> right. So we <laughs> right. So in March. So we this was the longest stretch we had been apart. It was almost six months mm-hmm. that we spent apart, which was really started to get a little a little tough. Mm-hmm. Months five and six were pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew we were coming back together. He had a job touring with a show all around the UK. And so I was going to come meet up with him in Scotland. Two days after I left Greece is when they locked down for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The night we got so we reunited in edinburgh and then the next day uh, went up to aberdeen Mm -hmm. scotland the day we got there is when he found out his show was being canceled and then lockdown happened so yeah we went from not spending (laughs) face-to-face time together (laughs) to moving in together obviously um, and being completely locked down together from pretty much the moment we got back together (laughs) I'm going to go slightly off script now and ask a question that we were going to ask later because it just ties in so well to what you've just said. (laughs) Um, So we had a question from Michael earlier and he wanted to know, how do you manage the shift from dating long distance to suddenly being together more often? What does that look like? One of the beautiful things I love about our relationship that really, really suits me is that I get the best of both worlds. I, I love being single. So I get these periods where I'm essentially single. I get to stretch out, take up the whole bed. I get to stay up as late as I want. Get, you know, not that my relationship controls those things, but there's just a difference mm-hmm. between being together and being on your own. Mm-hmm. And I love both of them. <laughs> That's really hard to get in a conventional monogamous relationship. And so in some ways, I feel like my whole life has been a quest <laughs> to find this, this balance of getting both. <laughs> so one of the things I think we do really well is we, we both appreciate that. So the times that we're apart aren't just the times that we're waiting until we get back together, right? They are separate mm-hmm. and distinct and have their own pros and cons, but it never, it really doesn't feel like the in-between times are just waiting times or the less good times. 
Do you know what I mean? Like the, mm -hmm. the time apart isn't just waiting to get back to the relationship. It's just variety. Um, and so then we come back together. There's over and over again, you kind of get the best part of new relationship over and over and over <laughs> again. You get the new spark, you get the mm -hmm. anticipation, you get the tension, mm -hmm. <laughs> the sexual tension. You get all of that newness and reconnection. And we talk a lot and, and just really make it a point to appreciate how that makes us not take each other for granted. There have been times this, this, as time goes on, I think the transitions get a little easier. There was one trip. We were just talking about this last night, actually. He did this job in York and like just the whole trip was rough. Our, re <laughs> our like reunion was kind of rough. He was at the, very beginning of a job so he was in tech rehearsals which is super intense and so I show up being like let's be together all the time <laughs> I had just spent months all by myself so I was just you know I just wanted to be together and touch each other all the time and talk all the time mm -hmm. and he's spending 14 hours a day with this group of people doing this really intensive work so he would come home at night and be like uh, nope, I don't want to <laughs> talk about anything. So every time we come together and go apart, we just, we just learn more about what each other needs in those times, what's important to each of us when we're together and when we're apart. For example, when we're apart, I don't really think about what he's doing in a given day. Cause I don't even know what I'm doing. If I didn't have my Google calendar, I wouldn't know what's happening. <laughs> likes to know what I'm doing. He's a Virgo. He thinks about these things. <laughs> so I've just learned that he, if I just let him know what my day is like, he, he feels connected to me because of that. It's not like he's trying to keep track of me or check up on me or anything like that. He just, that's how he feels connected while we're not together. Mm. So we've just learned some mm. things like that of how to make how to keep the connection strong and how to come back together in a way that's as smooth as possible. Yeah. Cause that was our next question from Lauren about how can you keep the romantic spark alive when you're long distance and when you don't have physical touch, I mean, especially for them, it's so early in the relationship talking about that new relationship energy must be really frustrating not to have it so are there any other ways I mean that sounds really lovely of yeah getting to understand how each other feel connected are there any other things you guys do to stay connected in the times when you're apart I think it's slightly different when we're when we're in the middle of a big long stretch we don't so much get into what we're going to do when we're together that kind of thing because in the middle of a big stretch that can feel that can kind of make it worse as it gets closer mm -hmm. and we know we're going to be back together. Then we kind of do that where we talk about things we're anticipating. We talk about what we want and we talk about what we're kind of excited for. Mm. I think that's, that's part of what we do throughout is we just, we just talk, we just talk about it all, you know, just like mm -hmm. you would, I think when you're not physically together, it's easy to let some things just go and to not think, Oh, this person would want to know about this thing that happened in my day. Cause for you, it's something that just happened. So I think that's one thing is just sharing some of those little moments that you might share if you met up for 
dinner or, you know, got up together in the morning to have breakfast, you kind of have that small talk. And when you're not together, for me anyway, it can feel hard to remember to include that stuff that just is the day-to-day kind of boring life stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing. And we also, I mean, we keep, we keep sexy energy alive. He's particularly good with words and imagery and um, conjuring those kinds of feelings and stories and describing what he's imagining and what he's thinking about. And so we, we make just like you do when you're together, you got to make time for the romance. We do that even when we're not physically together. And we use the building of that tension, (laughs) knowing that when we're together, that's going to be really exciting. A climatic reunion. (laughs) Couldn't resist. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So we only had one other question from our first couple. Um, This is slightly on a different topic. So because they're doing their socially distant dating during lockdown um, and Lauren's living with her mum, she's kind of afraid to tell her mum about Mm. it because she's not sure how she would react. So we were wondering if you have had any strange reactions from family and friends because your relationship is obviously slightly unconventional. And if so, how did you deal with that? In the beginning... And again, it's been it's been a little while now, so I think people are kind of <laughs> adjusting. Um, but in the beginning, we would get questions like, you know, but 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 when are like how are you going to be together? You know that this idea that somehow the goal was eventually to be together all the time, mm. and that that was better mm. than being together sometimes and not being together other times. But the assumption was that that's that this was just the kind of the subpar version of a relationship, and that of course what we would ultimately want to do is be together all the time because that's what a relationship is, and that's what you're supposed to want if you really love someone. So those were the kinds of questions we got in the beginning of how is this going to work, and have you thought about how you know are you gonna are you gonna get married, and have you thought about how all that stuff is going to happen, and well, couldn't he just come work over here? And again, the the underlying assumption was always, how are you going to figure out how to be together all the time? And I would just explain that that's that's not actually what we were doing, Mm. that this, we were creating a relationship like this on purpose because it really worked for both of us. And that there were parts of it, parts of the being together and a part that were even better for us than (laughs) being together all the time. Mm -hmm. And just watching people's faces. They just couldn't really, (laughs) they just couldn't really figure out what I was saying. (laughs) Just a lot of confused, uh, confused faces. In the beginning, and this kind of, Kayla goes back to your question about the conversations we had to shape the relationship we have. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, in particular, it doesn't feel like this is a thing that's around as much now as we've settled in. But I think there's a, there's a, there's a general story around long distance relationship and what that means. And that inherent in that is mistrust that you should be right. You got to keep an eye on each other because if you're apart, then 
somebody's going to get a wandering eye or somebody's not to be trusted or there's going to be secrets or shenanigans or that kind of thing going on. So we talked about that in the beginning that we didn't have to choose that if that's not what we wanted. You know, we didn't have to kind of buy into that story. Um, Yeah, so that was that was part of it. I don't know if that's helpful to. Yeah, I think that's very, very helpful. Um, And I think that's something that I've come up with in relationships that sometimes my partner has these expectations that are more conventional and they don't feel the need to talk about them. Whereas I always want to talk about them because I don't want the conventional things. So just like knowing that you guys were on the same page and having those discussions right from the beginning is really cool to hear. Yeah, we actually had this really important moment. Um, It was the night before. So I told you we met in Portugal, go to London, spend a couple weeks in London. Well, the, the time came that I was flying back to the US. And so it was the night before I was getting on the plane. And I was standing in our kitchen and I just had this kind of lightning bolt moment that I didn't want, I didn't want to leave the next day with the shape of our relationship being created by the rules. I'm using air quotes right now for podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the rules meaning, you know, you, you say that you're not going to date other people. So that's the rule. You don't date other people. And that's the thing that it kind of, you don't even have to decide again. Do you know what I mean? You make the decision once when you agree that you're not going to date other people. That's the decision. And then you kind of don't make the decision again. You just follow the rule. Mm-hmm. And I knew because I know myself and rules. <laughs> <laughs> I will break rules even if I give them to myself. <laughs> and I, I just knew that this relationship was different already. And that what I wanted was to leave the next day knowing that I was choosing him and that I would choose him again and again and again. And if there came a moment it was, it was one of the hardest conversations because I just went back into our room and I was like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. That if I got on the plane the next day and saw some really hot person that I wanted to flirt with, I wanted to make a decision in that moment about the relationship with Paul and with this other hot person instead of in that moment just defaulting to, oh, well, we made the rule, so I'm going to stick to the rule. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the wisest, <laughs> looking back, I'm not like, man, you were really smart. <laughs> we coined the term that night, open hand. And we've been, we have been living an open hand relationship since then. And the idea of open hand is that that person is just sitting here in my open hand. And they get to stay as long as they want to. And they get to leave if they want to. And I can... <laughs> tip them out of my hand if I want to (laughs) but that it's all but it's really all about choice and so because we stay connected to that choice one of the traps I've certainly fallen into in past relationships and I see it all the time now is the relationship becomes about keeping the thing right we don't we don't have the hard conversation because we're afraid we're going to lose that person We don't say the thing that's really hard or that, you know, isn't working for us because we're afraid that that's going to make that person go away. Or we don't ask for the thing we really want because we're afraid we're going to lose the relationship. 
So we bury all this stuff and we stop talking about these really important things because we're just trying to keep it. And because that's not the focus of the relationship, the focus of our relationship isn't just keeping it no matter what. The focus is on continuing to create the relationship we want. And if we keep doing that and we keep being honest, which is the like the absolute foundation and the mm. pretty much the only rule we do have <laughs> is to tell the truth, especially when it's hard. Mm. We don't get caught up in the stuff we can and can't say and the stuff we hide and the things we try to manipulate to just keep the thing mm. around. I think that's so smart. It actually reminds me a bit of something we talked about in our first episode, which was this term matrimonia, um, which is people's kind of obsession with marriage and that everyone should be striving towards marriage. And if you have that as your goal, if a relationship or if marriage is your end goal, then you're going to do all sorts of dishonest things, both to yourself and to your partner to maintain that. Uh, Whereas if your goal is fulfillment or meaningful relationships or just I suppose, happiness on your own and happiness for your partner, that kind of opens it up to allow the relationship to adapt and to change for the people that are in it rather than for this casing, I suppose, that can sometimes get put on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it reminded me of another thing we talked about in that episode as well, which was one of the nice things about being nomadic and not necessarily following the conventional rules air quotes <laughs> is that you have the freedom to build a relationship however it works for you and that is so such a special thing right and what if that's true for everybody mm-hmm. yeah what if you don't have to be nomadic to do that <laughs> what, if <you> just, <laughs> exactly. yeah. right? what if you just get to do that it happens to be that that also lends itself really well to a nomadic relationship (laughs) where, where there are a lot of variables, Mm -hmm. but it just means, I mean, the conversations we've had and the possibilities we've created because of that have just really been extraordinary. And every single time it's made our relationship stronger, not threatened it. Okay, so we just have one more question for you, Angie. Yeah. <laughs> this is a question this is from not, us. <laughs> it's not only from us. <laughs> it's from us and our listeners. Yeah. Um, we would just like to know what your advice is for people who are looking for love in lockdown or as a nomad. To just be as happy as freaking possible. I mean, I found... The, the only way I was ready for a relationship like this, which is truly unlimited, is that I was just, I was just on my way to building the most authentic, most outrageous, most amazing version of my life that I could possibly imagine. And I wasn't worried about having someone else to complete that or to be the you know, perfect accessory in my amazing life. I was just in pursuit of trying to be as happy as I could possibly be and as much myself as I could possibly be. And I was really, really clear that the only way anybody was going to enter into that gorgeous bubble was if they absolutely added something spectacular. 
that my life was so freaking good and I knew it was going to continue to just get better and better that there was no room for sacrifice. I wasn't going to let somebody in there that was kind of sort of okay because I didn't have room for kind of sort of okay. Mm -hmm. It was either going to be this good or better. And because I had gotten so happy being by myself, so fulfilled and so complete and so filled up being by myself, the only room I had, the only thing I was available for, as a friend of mine says, is someone who is just going to add something so beyond my imagination of what was wonderful mm-hmm. that they, that that was going to get my attention. And that's exactly what happened. You know, he's just like, I can't not pay attention. He still surprises me all the time. So that's, yeah, that's my advice is just get really happy and stop worrying about finding the person that's going to bring you the thing that you think you're missing. Just, just make those things, be those things, give yourself those things. And then the only person you're going to have room for is somebody who's spectacular above that. That is a brilliant answer. Those are words to live by. (laughs) Yeah. It actually reminds me of a quote. I think this is by Gloria Steinem, but apologies if I'm misquoting who said it. Um, But she says, women marry the men that they want to be. And Mm. she's, I think meant it more in a career sense before women had the career options they do that they would, you know, marry someone with their career ambitions. But I think that can also be true for becoming the person that you want to be. And I think, yeah, that's amazing advice to just be the person you want to be and welcome people into your life that feel really good and make you feel even better. Yeah, because I never, especially a relationship like the one we have where it's so honest and so open and so real. Had I just been trying to like find and catch and keep the right guy, (laughs) (laughs) that would be horrifying. There's no, I mean, it would just be excruciating to be as honest and real as we are with each other because it would have been so threatening. I would have been, you know, I just would have been scared all the time. Mm. Because it would have felt like losing something. Because I was complete on my own, I can't lose anything. And if if there comes a point where Paul and I aren't the people who are meant to continue to live our lives together, it's only going to be someone better. It's only up from here. So you love that. Well, I feel like we could continue chatting all day, but don't want to make a three-hour podcast episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And if anyone has been blown away by your wisdom, like I think we have, we'll put a link to your uh, coaching website in the show notes as well. Perfect. I would love that. Oh, thank Thank you you so so much. much. That was such a nice story. Another one. Like, dating can be so brutal, but this episode has just been so uplifting. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really kind of supports what we were saying in episode three, that you do not have to be on the dating apps to find someone special. In fact, that is probably not the way to go. Exactly. And I really loved what Angie said about their time apart, not being just about waiting to get back together, but actually just a different 
element of the relationship that really resonated with me because I, as well, I just love being single and I love having time alone, as we discussed in the last episode. <laughs> but I also love intimacy and, and being in a relationship. And I remember, especially when I was a bit younger and people would say like, oh, you're looking for a boyfriend. And my answer was always like, no, but I'm always open to it because I do enjoy that intimacy. Um, and that's part of the reason I like the idea of building your own relationship, especially as a nomad, is you can explore maybe those different models that allow you to have both in one. And it's exactly. so nice to just, yeah, it's so nice to just talk to someone that has successfully done that and is happy and just knowing that those alternative options are out there and we're not, it's not like, oh, if you try to do something different, it's probably going to fail and you're going to be unhappy and you need to find this monogamous, always together type relationship if you want to, to have that kind of love. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's something I've thought about as well over the last couple of years, because I've, I've really enjoyed being single, but obviously... I would love that intimacy too and like you say it's great to know that people are having relationships and not seeing each other all the time and still being really happy and in love. Exactly and the other thing she said that really stood out to me was about filling your life with amazing things and becoming the best version of yourself and then welcoming in someone that's just amazing and I think that often we sometimes tell women like if you're single, you should just keep working on yourself, but it, it feels like to keep working on yourself in order to get a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I really like the way Angie said it in that, like, I'm just living my best life. And that means I only have space in my life for things that are really amazing. So I'm not just going on shitty dates from the apps. <laughs> I know. I thought the way she put it was brilliant and mm-hmm. that I'm probably going to write it down and stick it on my wall. Yeah, and as I said at the beginning of the episode, actually, with my uh, video call name Desire Update, with the discussion that I had with the guy I was seeing, we kind of had that discussion because uh, he was like a little bit intimidated that I had a schedule and that I needed to, even a video chat needed to plan like at least a week in advance. Mm. And I kind of just told him like, yeah, my life is really full of amazing things and I'm not, I'm not looking for thing for people to just fill up space. I'm looking for things that really add something exciting and amazing to my life yeah like Andrew said it's got to be spectacular exactly all right well I think that brings us to our next segment the scarlet text yes so this week it's my turn to give a reading recommendation and you'll be happy to know it's not a book this time (laughs) if you've been following our reading recommendations. I think they've all been books so far, but this time it's just an essay. So because this is such an uplifting episode, um, I have opted for one of the modern love stories from the New York Times modern love series, which is just amazing. And I think it's also a podcast now. Mm -hmm. So the essay that I read recently that I really liked is called Sometimes It's Not You or the Math. Um, And it's about a 30-something single lady who is living her best life and is it's really good because it kind of describes what being single is like in a realistic way, the good and the bad. And I mean, obviously, as this is an uplifting episode, there is a happy ending, but it's just, Mm -hmm. it's such a, it's such a good essay. I really enjoyed it and really related to it. So we will put the link to that in the show notes, which leads us on to the story from the beginning of the episode of one of us 
uh, finding and losing the love of our life in one night. <laughs> Kayla? That <laughs> might have been me. Um, and I was actually, when Angie was telling her story, I was like, oh, I feel better now because I, like Angie, I'm, I'm, I am one that's not usually that quick to fall in love. And I usually like to really take my time to get to know someone and also feel like they know me before falling for them. But this was not that time. And I was young. <laughs> I was like 23. So I try to excuse myself. I mean, it's not that young. <laughs> Anyways, I was traveling in the Philippines and I was on this beachy island and I had had a super tough time getting there. Like it was supposed to be a two hour flight from Manila, I think. And the flight got delayed and then it got canceled. And then there was a new flight, but it wasn't to the right place. So it was like a two hour flight plus like a three hour bus ride. So it was just a nightmare. It was supposed to be a quick morning flight. And I ended up getting there at like 8 p.m. or something. But I got to the hostel I was staying at. And it was a really gorgeous hostel. There was, it was like bamboo huts that we were all staying in. There was a really nice common, open common space and everybody was hanging out and drinking and chatting. So I went there because I was like, yes, I definitely need a drink. This has been a long day. <laughs> and I met these two British people. Actually, one of, there was this girl who was uh, British Filipino and she was just like absolutely gorgeous and smart and funny and nice to talk to. And then there was this British guy who was tall and broad-shouldered and he played rugby and was also super smart and funny and I just kind of assumed that they were there together because I was like why wouldn't they be there two like amazing beautiful people from the same country so of course they're a couple (laughs) (laughs) obviously they're here together and then it be turned out that they were not there together and that the the guy was there alone and I was like oh cool but I was still just like oh no he's not gonna be interested in me like he could be with anyone he's so hot and cool But then we started talking more and flirting more and we made, we like everyone went out to like a beach bar and we just hung out on the beach alone and we're talking and then he kissed me and it was so exciting. (laughs) And then he went swimming with me at night because I was like, I just thought I was going to be here this morning and was going to go swimming in the ocean. I was so excited. And so we had like a night swim in the ocean. It was just super nice and romantic. And I had already been traveling at this point for a few months alone. My first big trip had left all my friends and family behind so it's just really nice to have that connection and he was just like my perfect man like there was nothing no flaws yet I'm sure there would have been and (laughs) we go back to the hostel and we wanted to spend more time together and we were sitting we were kind of trying to sit out on the one of the decks together and thought we might sleep there and the hostel staff came in and yelled at us And then he tried to come into my dorm room, but I just felt really guilty because the other girls were there. They ended up not caring. And the next morning they were like, who brought a boy in for a little bit? But yeah, I just didn't feel comfortable (laughs) doing that (laughs) with the other people there. So he left and I kind of thought, yeah, well, he was leaving the next day, but I thought we'd see each other in the morning and exchange our information. Mm. But then I slept in because we had been out late drinking and, and having fun. And by the time I woke up, he was already gone. And... We hadn't, like, I didn't even know his last name, so I couldn't search for him on Facebook or anything. And I was like, oh, what if he left me a note at the desk? But, like, he didn't, or at least nobody gave me. And, like, I think he had already been there for a few days and some of the other girls there. But I was just, because I was so young and shy, I was too shy to ask any of the other girls, like, if they had his last name, if they knew him on Facebook. I thought even, like, maybe I could ask the hostel staff for his last name, but, like, I was just way too shy. Um, so all I had was a dream because we had planned to go to India in a couple months about the same time, both of us. So I just had a dream that and the millions and millions of people that live in India, maybe we would find each other. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we never did. 
I still don't know his name. Uh, I've already forgotten his first name, of course, because this was like eight years ago. Uh, but it was really sad. I was like, considering we only knew each other for a day, I was sad about it for like a couple weeks, I would say. And clearly, I still think about it. Clearly. Maybe. Well, hot British guy who plays rugby and met Kayla in the Philippines <laughs> eight years ago. If you're listening, <laughs> our DMs are open. Say hey. <laughs> That's all. So next week, we have a very exciting episode. It is a friendship episode. So Yay! We'll, each, we'll each be bringing on one of our best friends as a guest to speak about the importance of platonic love. We'll have some funny games and quizzes to play to see how well we know each other and share friend stories of friend love in lockdown. Have a wild dating story? Send us an email to datingabroadnomads at gmail.com. Or if you want to set one of us up on a virtual date, we'd be up for that too. We may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. Yep, you can also become a patron of the podcast, as we mentioned earlier, at patreon.com forward slash datingabroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segment names. Benefits start from just $1 a month, $1 a month, sorry, and range from bonus content to racy to air to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. Music is by the very cool and talented Lee Trung. Visit her website at leetrung.bandcamp.com. We love our logo so much, and it's by Samina, who is on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. We're also on Instagram at dating underscore uh, underscore abroad, or on Facebook as Dating Abroad Nomads. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you found this episode as uplifting as we did. See you next time.